side steps to a three. That's good. As Murray's got it. Pass under the board and Gordon stuffs it through. Reggie Jackson hoists and hits. Murray into the lane, shakes off Duarte and banks it in. Alley-oop, Watson throws it down. Reggie Jackson, give it to Gordon. Got to get Gordon involved. Jokic lay it up and in. Jokic over to Porter. He fires for three. Pass underneath, Reggie Jackson right there. Couldn't shoot it. Caldwell Pope will, and he nails it. Porter seven points, his first rebound. Now Gordon taking charge. Taking charge. And the pass is thrown away. Give it to Yoke. To Gordon. Goodbye. Mamma mia. Murray. Got a little length. Turn. Shoot. Got it over Harrison Barnes. Porter. Let's it rip. Got it. Murray in the lane. Corkscrew. Go. Marwell Pope collects. Jokic on the run. Jokic in deep. Jokic put it up and in. Porter's got to look for three. Tough shot. Nails it. Porter's on the run. By his man. Score it. 80 to 59. 21 point lead. Oh, and a foul. Murray with a little Houdini action there. There's Chris Marlowe on the call for Altitude TV last night. Nuggets take down the Sacramento Kings. 117 to 96. They avoid the regular season sweep and are 4 0 out of the All Star break. 4 0. Nikola Jokic has had four triple doubles in a row. Just just wild the way he's going. I mean, again, it wasn't an overwhelming night from Joker. Didn't need to be because he didn't play in the fourth quarter. So that's what you want. <laughs> you want Joker and your stars getting some rest in the fourth. They were down 14. This this game was almost the mirror copy of, of uh, the Golden State game where they were down double digits, come back, end up winning with relative ease. What a what a game. And uh, so my prediction was right. You guys got to start listening to me on this. Like, I don't gamble, really. I don't do it. I'm doing this for you guys. I said I didn't love the spread. Okay, they, they, they got it. If you did it, great. But I said take the Aaron Gordon prop. Take the plus in points, rebounds, and assists. Nailed that. You're welcome. He had 17.6 assists, 6 rebounds. And it was probably him in that... Mid middle of that second quarter that got this thing going. He started to get aggressive. His physicality started to overcome the Nuggets' lack of physicality in the first period. And and so they kind of went with Gordon last night. That's that's what that's the mark of a great team. Now Jamal Murray was no slouch, you know, 30, 32 points for him, 13 of 15. The guy did not miss, including that circus shot that you heard Marlowe talk about. That's when you know. Typically, that's when you know you're going to win a basketball game, when you're making shots like that. What a night for this team. And it just seems like they they do have that ability to turn it on whenever they need to. So I'm, I'm, I'm pumped about this. We've got the back-to-back tonight. you got the Miami Heat. The Kings are maybe, I mean, right now they're kind of like a play-in team. But this was still a nice statement win. And I know Fox didn't play. But you end up winning 117 to 96, being down by 14, playing with your food too much. But that that's both a negative and a positive, Angel. It's a negative that sometimes the Nuggets get a little too relaxed out there and they think, you know, they can just turn it on at any point. But the positive is they kind of can. They did it at least against the Kings and the Warriors, both formidable basketball teams. Maybe not the great teams right now, but two solid teams. And 
The Nuggets outscored Sacramento 37-20 to 20 in that second quarter. And that was the quarter they were down by 14 at one point. So they put the crunch down defensively. Sacramento scored 17 in the third. And then by the time we hit the fourth, you get to see everybody play basketball. Guys you didn't even know were, were people, Angel. Just guys all over the place. Forgot about Jalen Pickett. I forgot about that dude. Uh, we did see Strother there, which I was confused that we saw him there because of the G League thing, but he's there. Did bang up his head pretty good late in that game. I was a little worried about that. Uh, yeah, you got to see, you got to see uh, Jay Huff play. Got himself, you know, three pointer. You start. You got to see Justin Holiday. He doesn't get a lot of time. Sometimes he does when there's injuries and stuff. But he was in the mix. Got to see Hunter Tyson out there. Had three points. He, had, he made a three pointer. And Zeke Nagy didn't have any points, but he was he was active at certain points. I mean, it, especially late in the game, he did have some some interesting blocks. But this is one of those wins that you have that you feel makes you feel really good about their chances of repeating as champs. Yeah, the Kings obviously this year uh, they've won the series three to one against the Nuggets. Two of those games you didn't have your full starting lineup, so. Take that for what it is, but I wanted to see this team respond against a pretty physical defensive team with the Kings. Sabonis is leading in triple doubles this season. Obviously, without Fox, they're going to take a step back, but uh, even Malik Monk, Harrison Barnes, they still got a lot of talent on this Kings team. Um, And you could tell early on they were playing physical with the Nuggets, getting them out of their rotations and all that on the offensive side. Uh, But, you know, Malone calls one of those good timeouts, probably yelled at him a little bit. And then Aaron Gordon comes out and gets like eight straight points, getting a mismatch in the paint every time and just says, I'm taking over. Yeah. I'm dunking it. It's yeah. my ball. There is, we were talking about this in show prep today. You know, we always talk about the two-man game with Joker and Murray, but there is another side two-man two game with Joker and Gordon. I think Gordon is just so damn important for this team. You know, I, I could argue that he's the second most important player on this team. There was a time, there was a moment there. Uh, Gordon's on the elbow. Joker comes up, acts like he's going to set a screen, then he kind of waves it off. Gordon kind of does a little handoff to him. Joker's up there. Gordon acts like he's going to go around him to the top of the key. Oh, quick cut. Goes, does the little half circle, and Joker finds him because he knows he has a defender on his hip. He's going to beat him to the rim and get the dunk. That was a very, I guess it was a nice dunk. It was a modest play, but it also goes to show you just how in sync they are. Their ability to know... I mean, the play was probably designed for Gordon to go up on the top of the key, and we're going to have Joker ISO maybe back down to the rim. But instead, Gordon sees the guy is playing a little too um, a little too close up on Joker. You got one guy on Joker. Gordon's defender is kind of kind of trying to bracket a little bit, and then Gordon just oop sidestep, bam, um, and then Joker perfectly thrown pass dunk. That was a moment right there where you. When they are on, mentally more so than physically, when they can just read each other's minds, that, that's what it takes to be a great basketball team. When you know what a guy is going to do, and they know that you know what they're going to do. Like There's a lot of psychological stuff that goes into being a great passing basketball team. And you see just how important Gordon is in that moment. And Gordon had six assists. Murray had six assists. KCP had four assists. Uh, you got to love it when you see somebody else other than Joker getting pretty solid numbers on the assist side of things. So I, this was a fun game. This was I was worried for a second, but that 14-point lead didn't last that long. 
No, they went on like a like 20, 20 to four run to close out the second quarter, and you just they were just playing with the energy. It felt like they just woke up there. Uh, you mentioned all the assists, a lot of unselfish plays, uh, plays off a turnover where it's oh I got the ball, I'm just gonna go line up and shoot a three. Where it's KCP's wide open, I'm gonna fake it, pass it to Jamal, and Jamal's gonna hit the three. Mm-hmm. It's it's that type of chemistry that I think you're really seeing this team start to you know mold themselves into after this break. They're unbeatable when you get that. Outside of the four or five minute stretch where they were down 14, when they were on the way to being down 14. Outside of that, when they play like this, there's nobody that can stop them. And they do play like that. They played like that all playoffs last year. They played like that more often than not last year in the regular season. So when this team is, when Joker doesn't have to score 35, it's weird. You almost don't, when you look at the box score the next day, if you don't watch the game, and you see that Joker's 14, 11, and 11 or whatever, I could almost not see the final score and tell you they might have won that game because they weren't relying on Joker to score 35. Everybody else was doing something. Well, he only took like two shots in the first 10 minutes. That's why I wasn't comfortable with the Joker prop bet or anything because I thought this feels like a game where he's going to kind of just evaluate everything. Because they, they, they've struggled against the Kings. And you, you see Joker in these kind of games take a step back and go, okay, what is going to be our best option here? It's probably going to be to get everybody involved, and we're just going to smother this Sacramento team. 405 texting in. Sports are great. Go from the low of CSU's loss to the high of the Nuggets win. Well, that's why I like basketball season so much is because as many teams as we do follow, even if you have a couple of bad nights, one of your teams is going to step up and give you a positive. So, and the Buffs did that too last night. They didn't cover the eleven and a half, Angel, but they were darn close. Hope, uh, hope you didn't take that. Uh, Flying Dutchman, the story in basketball last night was the goat, King James. Uh, false. You mean you're playing Lakers team? Yeah, it was his biggest comeback ever in the fourth. But now nah, I'm good with our Why story. Are you down that many points? Yeah, in the fourth quarter? I'm good with our story. Yeah, I'm good with ours. Enjoy your play-in. Enjoy your mid-season tournament uh, trophy. Enjoy that. I mean, I appreciate you beating the Clippers. Uh, Yeah. You know what? Thanks, LeBron. Help make our life a little bit easier. That's fine, if that's what you want to do. Uh, Speaking of passing in basketball, the reason Windsor Windsor Basketball is named the Wizards is because of passing. Let's celebrate boys and girls playing at the Coliseum in Denver Saturday. Yeah, we certainly will. We'll have... uh, our broadcast going starting tomorrow, uh, pretty much like not right after our show, almost during our show. So we'll be excited to hand uh, hand it over to uh, Michael Spillen and Coach Bruce Stick on the call. I think that Windsor team is good because they have two coaches' sons on their team. Yeah, they, those guys are pretty good, huh? Yeah, yeah. Madden Smiley, Madden Smiley, and uh, um, Reed's kid, Reed's kid, Houston Reed's kid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, very good players, very good players. Got a big one tonight for UNC, going up against Weber State. The top two scorers in the conference going at each other again with Dylan Jones and uh, St. Thomas. Big because UNC's already lost to Weber State. You don't want to go 0-2 to them because that hurts you in terms of the final standings. You did go 2-0 against Montana, which is great. Montana's playing Eastern Washington tonight. That should be a good game as well. Uh, but the Bears got to—it's it's pretty much a must-win. You got to win if you want that top two seed. Right. Like, you, you got to win this thing. So, big one tonight. And, and you talk about 
Dylan Jones and St. Thomas. I know uh, the, the Tribune came out with a story about Dalton Connected, which is actually a really good story. Um, it, very interesting, too. It, it, written up by Ann Delaney. And Dalton kind of talked about UNC in it, and I'm going to go into that in a moment. But you have two teams in the big sky right now that are getting a lot of coverage and a lot of talk about perhaps getting drafted, Angel. Dylan Jones out of Weber State and St. Thomas out of UNC. He is getting a lot of of NBA talk right now, which is just... My sources are telling me that nobody's really reaching out or thinking about Coach Smiley at all. That's weird to me. You just have Dalton Connect, who's going to be a lottery pick, who came from UNC, who was at JUCO in Sterling, right? Smiley goes and gets that guy. And I know it's not hard to find. It's a Colorado guy, but you're risking your reputation to bring this guy in. Builds him up, who will even admit that it was UNC that kind of that obviously built him up to the player he is now. Now you got St. Thomas, who is getting NBA talks right now. I'm I'm think if I'm a if I'm a decent you know whatever I'm a I'm not saying monster conference but I mean Jeff Linder went from the Big Sky to the Mountain West is it reasonable that a Mountain West type type conference should be at least hey coach got time for a phone call and I don't know what the windows and parameters are of that right now but mm-hmm. I don't know if they can do clearly they got to start doing it soon because once the season's over you always hear that someone was hired, well, clearly they're having talks well before that. You can have guys on your radar, and you can put birdies out there. Should he be on people's radar? Should he be on bigger conference teams' radars? Radar. Yeah. I think uh, the last couple of years, obviously, with, with the success of Dalen Coons, then you turn that into Dalton Connect, and Dalton, what he has gone on to do. People are like, wait, where did this Dalton Connect kid come from? What's what's a Greeley? What's a Greeley? And say, oh, who's this coach that found him? Who's this St. Thomas guy I keep hearing about? Great name. No, what Dalton, He's a great player, too. Honestly, Angel, it's going to be weird to say. It's actually better for UNC that Dalton did this. It is. It, it is. Like, now, okay, maybe with Dalton, do they get St. Thomas? Don't know. No, I mean, there was just because you lost your top three scorers. You had to get spots to fill. Yeah, and you knew, hey, Saint, this is going to be your team. If 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 Saint, if, if you're, if I'm telling you, you're going to share it with. Dalton, maybe Saint doesn't come here. I, I don't know. It's hard to get into that. But, okay, maybe with Dalton, they have a good shot to win the Big Sky Conference tournament. They have, a, they have a pretty good shot right now. Maybe with Dalton, they go dancing. Maybe they pull off a crazy upset. But who knows? Dalton developed as a better player with UNC, and then he goes to Tennessee and develops into an even better player. Different different facilities, different, different everything there. Um... But what he's doing, and, and respectfully, and I really appreciate this about him, he is he's a beacon. Now now you're going Dalton Connect. Where'd that guy come from? He's a one-year guy at Tennessee, and he's going to be done after this? Where Where is he? UNC, let's start looking at that. And you're right. They go to it and say, oh, UNC, what's their record now? That's a decent team in the Big Sky Conference, and they have a guy that's averaging 20 points a game that's on some NBA radars right now. Wow, what's happening in Greeley? So... As much as you'd love to see Dalton here, and I think, yeah, Steve would tell you if he had to choose, he would choose to keep Dalton, I would imagine. But then again, he might not. He might say, no, it's better for him is this opportunity. But this is a big thing for the UNC Bears, and, and it's a big thing for Steve Smiley. And so I really appreciated in Ann Delaney's um, report 
her interview, she did catch up with Dalton Connect. And she was able to talk to him a bit about about UNC and his thoughts and of his development and how things how things worked for him. He said, My time at UNC was truly just special too, because I was able to find myself, be able to play confident and keep that rolling into Tennessee. So I mean you got you gotta like that. That's cool. Angel, let's get to the good, the bad, the ugly presented by FMS Bank. Banking made simple. For more on FMS Bank, check them out online at fmsbank.com slash kfka. The good for me, obviously the Nuggets win, but Joker with four triple-doubles in a row. This is, this is a, what, what he continues to do is just extraordinary. He has now, I believe, officially put himself in the top 10 greatest basketball players of all time. You, you gotta start giving him, you gotta start giving him that real recognition. In his nine years, Angel, he has played in 652 games. That is second most in the NBA in that time. Tobias Harris is number one. But what also adds to his greatness is durability, availability, willingness to want to play every single game. He's not taking it off. He's not doing load management unless they. I mean, he's going to go kicking and screaming out of that thing. If you, if you want him to sit down for load management, he's not doing it. He's going to have to be pretty hurt to not play. Is he going to pass Magic? This year? This year? This year? What is he at? 23? 123? He's at 124. And Magic's at 138? Yeah. Ow! It's like 14. 14? Yeah. In how many games? 23. There's a realistic <laughs> chance that he passes up Magic. And then he would put himself in third. Not in the season playoffs. Yeah, yeah, but he'll right because it's all regular season that we look at, right? Is it is that one just regular season? I think but, it's all. I think it's. It's exciting, man. It's he's my goat. I know a lot of people disagree with me on the Elway Joker thing, but for me personally, the way he does his business, the way he handles himself, he's my goat for sure. Uh, the bad, you know what? We got to get nitpicky here, I guess. They were down 14 at one point. That was bad. <laughs> but then you then you come right back out of it and you win the game. So, I, I mean, I'm getting nitpicky here. What, what else do you want from me? It was overall a pretty good night. The Ugly, any updates on Julian Strother? I mean, he hit his head hard, dude. They I, That was scary looking. That's a guy we're really hoping can can prove himself to the Nuggets, but he's had a weird rookie year with injuries and stuff. But I don't, maybe it's not that serious, at least at this point. But again, for him this year, I don't know how much he'll really be utilized late when it comes down to it. There it is, the good, the bad, and the ugly. 24 minutes after the hour, Kevin Lytle will join me from the Fort Collins Coloradoan, and we'll talk all things Colorado State. The Rams, of course... Playing host to the Wyoming Cowboys coming up on Saturday. Is that their that's their final home game? Isaiah Stevens' final game at Mobile Arena. That's gonna be an emotional thing. This it's gotta be emotional. It's your rivalry. Of course we know the number one thing, the the, the terrible, sad situation that happened with the swimmers from Wyoming, that's going to play into this. They're gonna have a moment of silence at Moby on Saturday. This is going to be an emotional night, Angel. Very emotional night. So we'll talk to Kevin about that in more detail. Coming up, poll question of the day, follow-up from yesterday. Who's the bad guy? I want you I want you to tell me. Who's the bad guy? Is it 
The Broncos or Russell Wilson? If you had to pick, Brady, there is no bad guy. That's why I didn't put a nobody is. I'm making you got it. You got to select. You got it. You got to vote. Most people are saying the Broncos on my ex account, which is interesting. It's a whole show powered by Chevron. We're on Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1 at 1310 KFKA. Scores, interviews, and more. Preps Rewind with Mike Danson. Saturdays at 10 on Northern Colorado's Voice. 103.1 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. This is Nico Medved, the men's basketball coach of the Colorado State Rams. And you're listening to The Hall Show on 1310 KFKA. Get down to crunch time when it comes to basketball season a lot of big games coming up this weekend that um are gonna make or break teams honestly you know cu's in that tight spot csu's in a tight spot the unc bears are in a tight spot so this is the next like five to seven days are gonna like i said make or break these basketball teams and i'm telling you what sometimes for you as a business owner or whatever or as just a you know individual the wrong insurance group could make or break you, or could break you. The right insurance group could make you. And then, I'm telling you, Renaissance Insurance Group in Windsor is one that'll make you. Don't lose what you've been working so hard for. Get somebody that truly does have the back of Northern Coloradoans um, when it comes to risk management, commercial, as well as personal insurance needs for Weld County and Larimer County, all of Northern Colorado. Give Ryan, a great friend of mine, give him a call. From Renaissance Insurance, 970-674-8825. 31 minutes after the hour. When we come back, let's catch up with Kevin Kevin Lytle. It is going to be a really emotional weekend for Wyoming and Colorado State for so many different reasons. And we'll talk about you know the, the challenges that that brings, too. Um, it's, it's bigger than, a, obviously, a basketball game because of what happened with those swimmers from, the, uh, from Wyoming. And then you mix everything else into it. It's, um, we'll, we, I mean, we'll see how that goes down. 32 minutes after the hour, let's jump out and get the latest on the local sports flash. This is Ali Farouk Manesh, assistant men's basketball coach at Colorado State. And you're listening to the Hall Show on 1310 KFK. Just 35 minutes after the 11 o'clock hour, joining me now, the Kevin Lytle of the Fort Collins, Colorado. And he is our, your, everybody's Rams insider. Big one coming up on Saturday. Kevin, obviously the basketball side of things is important to talk about, but this game Saturday, for so many reasons, is going to be an emotional one. Um, Obviously the tragedy with uh, the three University of Wyoming swimmers uh, passing away in the, in the accident last week. Um, I, I know that CSU, I, I, I've been so impressed by this. They've done a great job of, of honoring those swimmers, of honoring Wyoming. And then, of course, it's Isaiah Stevens' final basketball game at Moby Arena, too. So there's going to be a lot, of, a lot of emotions swirling about coming up this weekend. Yeah, definitely. Like you say, the the crash obviously will be in the forefront of a lot of people's mind, especially you know Wyoming folk will be 
uh, taking 2A7 down to, to Fort Collins for that one, you know, including the team. And, you know, that's where that crash happened. So that, you know, was just, just a devastating, horrible, really tough thing that, that yeah, you know, everyone has rallied around you. <laughs> you. You wish it never happened that you had to rally like that. But yeah, that, that obviously is, um, just going to be heavy on, on the hearts and minds of a lot of people involved. And then, yeah, just the, the basketball side, there's no doubt, um, senior days, you know, can be emotional, certainly for the, the players involved. But I think especially in this case, um, this is, this is going to feel a little different because Isaiah Stevens particularly, this isn't to, um, you know, minimize the other seniors because it's a big, important group. But obviously Isaiah is just a completely different uh, standing of, of anyone in CSU men's basketball history, I would say. Even David Roddy, you know, five years he came into a program that was, you know, just in the earliest stages of a rebuild. And, you know, frankly, he committed to a, a bad program, uh, you know, a bad team. And he's leaving it in a great place. He, you know, we'll talk more about this in a minute, but he'll likely uh, make the, you know, NCAA tournament for a second time in three years. Obviously, he owns basically every scoring and assists and uh, games played, minutes played record that there is at CSU. So yeah, uh, it's going to be loud and emotional when when Zay's name is read out there on Senior Day. Do you think they're going to? I mean, obviously they always do something special on Senior Day, but is there going to be something a little extra special for Isaiah Stevens? I don't think anything particularly different. Um, I haven't asked. I'll, I'll check on that, but I think more. Just obviously, he'll be the last one to be honored, and I think more. That's going. I assume that's going to be a very long standing ovation. So I think. Probably more like that, but we'll see. I, 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 again, I need to check on the details of this, but I, I always suggest, especially in situations like this, that the team would be better off doing senior day ceremonies after the game. Mm. Um, let guys stay in their normal rhythm, play the game, and especially it's an afternoon game, it's a rival game. Fans would stay till the end, especially knowing that that's when you're going to honor Stevens, um, because it's going to be emotional. So yeah, assuming. You know, if they do that pregame like those normally are, that's going to be really emotional, and uh, that you know that can play into the game one way or another. It could play a good way or a bad way. I'm, you know, you don't really know until you know. But um, it's not just going to be Stevens. You know, his coaches are going to be emotional. Um, you know, Ali Farokmanesh. Uh, you know, I heard him on on the lead into to my uh, segment here. He he was saying to me the other day that. Basically, his entire coaching career has been either recruiting, you know, during that time, he's either been recruiting or coaching Stevens. So, uh, you know, wow. he's, he's just a really impactful guy to, you know, pretty much everyone that cares at all about Colorado State men's basketball. Oh, man. Hearing that, it's just, that brings it home. You know, a, a guy that, Obviously, Ali Farouk has a lot of responsibilities, but one of those responsibilities was courting Isaiah Stevens, was getting him here, you know, keeping him happy, building around him, helping him grow as a player, helping him grow as a human. That That's interesting that you bring that up because um, that will be that would be tough knowing, hey, I spent this. I spent so much of my career, you know, around this guy. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, it sounds sort of, you know, coachy cliche, but it is true. You know, you get to know these families and everything, you know, Ali, you know, back when Isaiah was, a you know, middle of high school is starting to get to know, um, you know, his parents, Pat and Barry, and, you know, you see them at every game. Um, you know, Pat has become, Isaiah's mom has become 
almost like one of the faces of the program. You know, I don't want to say team mom, but like she's there all the time. All the players know her, obviously all the coaches know her, um, just ever present people, um, in this program. And I say there, you know, the Steven, not just Isaiah, but the Stevens family, I think will always be part of the story of this rebuild rebirth of Colorado State men's basketball. Yeah, well, and there's still a lot of basketball left for this team. Yep. Obviously, you have the two final games, you know, you got your game against Wyoming and then in Colorado Springs against Air Force, and then the Mountain West tournament happens. So, Kevin, um if is there a number are the Rams already in if they lose to Wyoming and Air Force, what what I mean, what are we looking at? Give us the scenario to make sure that Colorado State does indeed go dancing. Well, you're reading, reading my tea leaves here because I just finished writing a where to see as you stand in NCAA tournament uh, seating and, and projection story, uh, which will be on coloradoan.com soon. The big picture is CSU is not a bubble team right now. They are in. Uh, the margin of error has thinned, and the seed line has, has been hit by this three-game losing streak. But overall, the resume is still very good. Um I think if CSU wins these final two games, they go to Vegas set that they'll be in the tournament, and Vegas is more for chasing a title and improving seeding. Lose one of these two, and and all of a sudden it does start to get nervous because the problem with these two games is they don't really help you that much from metric standpoint if you win them, but they can hurt you, so they're they're dangerous games. <laughs> Obviously, we know what both Wyoming and Air Force can do. Uh, so they're, they're dangerous games. So CSU needs to win. Um, you know, that kind of goes without saying, you know, that's why you play the games anyway. But right now, CSU is still in a very good spot. They have 10 top 100 net victories this year. So again, yes, I get right now for, you know, it's tough and it's been a wobble from this team, but overall, the resume is still very nice. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like I'm kind of in that middle ground where it's, yes, there's reason to be a little worried, but it's still out in front of them for Colorado State. All you got to do is take care of two teams that you should beat, but again, you throw in the factor of you know it, it being an emotional night Saturday. Wyoming would very much love, it, it hasn't been the season they wanted, but they would love to say, hey, we swept CSU at least. That's a nice consolation prize. Um and then, of course, Air Force, they went to overtime at Moby. So you should win these games, but it's not impossible to think that Wyoming and Air Force could give you some fits. No, obviously. They can both be very dangerous. You know, Wyoming uh, can be very explosive offensively. Obviously, we, we we know very well what happened up in Laramie with that crazy finish. Um, so they're a very, very dangerous team. And, you know, let's be real. One, it's a rivalry game, so they're going to be up for it anyway. And two, these guys know it. They they know what CSU's resume is, and and you know Wyoming knows they're not in the term unless they go win in in Vegas. But you tell me those guys wouldn't love to come into Fort Collins and um, mess up both Senior Day and CSU's resume? Like they're very well aware of that. Um, being a being a heel can be quite a motivator sometimes, and they'll be ready for that. And then yeah, you know it's it's a week away but air force we know can be very very tricky csu took need their own miracle to escape that one obviously air force went the pit you know there are plenty of reasons to know and understand why that one's dangerous so yeah these are you know you look at the metrics and it's like yeah csu should win but you know when you actually get down into the nitty-gritty and you know players next and those of it you know these are not easy games no they're really not at this stage too i mean it you know again when you have Teams always can find the motivation, you know, something to play for. 
And, you know, we were talking to our one of our Wyoming guys uh, the other day, Ke- uh, Kevin, and you know, sometimes you will see teams at this stage if they know they're out. And yeah, we got the tournament still, but we're not we're not going to stack up. They might phone it in. You know, you might just kind of start men- right, mentally preparing <laughs> for next year. Um but in this case, for Wyoming, they do have a lot to play for. And I think, again, Air Force, too, this is what happens when you put the rival games at the end of the season. Yeah, I think we've seen, especially with Wyoming, that on their day, they, they can sure. be quite dangerous. So, you know, they, you know, can they do it for four straight in Vegas against the quality of this league? Probably not. But they're good enough that certainly they're going to be convinced that they can and be trying to play for that. So, yeah, you know, that Wyoming team is not going to come in yeah, like you say, sort of headed to spring break or anything like that. They'll, they'll be very, very ready to go. And like you say, I mean, those guys, you know, especially Linder, probably feels like Isaiah Stevens has been around for a hundred years, and you know, they would love to ruin his day. Uh, you know, yeah. not me, you know, not in a malicious way, but just in a competitive way of like, uh, you know, you think it's going to be a celebration day. Uh, for you guys to to play us, beat us, and you know have your little party. Like, nah, we're we're gonna ruin that. That absolutely will will be in their heads because it's you know that's what competitors do. No, you're you're absolutely right. You know this is going to be it should be an intense start. We'll see how the Rams kind of handle this one overall. Um, Kevin, in in your discussions and your chats with the coaches and some of the players, you know, in that Nevada game. It just seemed like to me, okay, find a way to get in the paint, but the decision-making has got to be quicker once you get the ball to one of your bigs. What has kind of been the message around this team right now? Because let's face it, they're, they're not hitting from deep. They're not hitting threes. So until that starts to happen, which you got to think eventually this group will, but until that does start to happen, they have to really get to that mode where they're owning the paint and they can handle those double teams and make those quick decisions. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they have to live in the paint and – you know, in a lot of ways they have been. You know, the CSU is 11th in the country in two-point percentage, so they've been very good in there. I know, you know, we've kind of swung back to our usual fan complaint of, you know, we need the seven-foot guy that's skilled and physical and blah, 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 because, you know, it's just that easy. Um, but really, CSU's been good inside overall. But, yeah, again, these last maybe three games, they've had some kind of key misses inside and, I think you're more just seeing confidence issues with this team of maybe just playing a little tight. You're seeing it. You're certainly seeing it on outside shots, but I think you even can see it inside a little bit of, you know, you, you maybe rush one a little bit or, or like you say, maybe not make the right decision right away. Just things like that. It's these little differences that, um, you know, change a couple plays. And, and that's what the last three games have been for CSU, a couple plays and and they all swing the other way so yeah it's uh it's an interesting thing and you know teams are going to continue to sag in the paint since csu can't shoot right now um so it's it's a conundrum that the rams are in yeah hopefully they can solve those issues very very soon as soon as um you know saturday for colorado state kevin uh we'll do we got rams weekly coming up today at five o'clock a full rams weekly if you can believe that we're gonna have a full show tonight so i'm looking forward to breaking into this more we're gonna have the full football schedule coming out in what about an hour or two so we can have that to go over yep yep we'll have that by by 1 p.m so that'll be interesting obviously it's it's a unique schedule one we know csu has seven total home games 
And then two, we know that there's the non Mountain West Mountain West game against Oregon State in there as well. So it's it's going to be interesting to look at. Yeah, will and we'll break into it later on uh, this evening, five o'clock here on KFKA. Kevin, my man, appreciate you as always. We'll catch up with you soon. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Forty nine minutes after the hour on Gel. Let's take a quick break. Uh, we'll wrap up hour number one. We'll get to a little bit about Weber State and, and their stud Dylan Jones. How much of a, a battle this could be tonight for the UNC Bears in a very important Big Sky Conference matchup. We'll get to that next. It's the whole show powered by Chevron. We'll be right back. The Bears and the Rams had two of the best college basketball players in the country. Will they be enough to lead their teams to the big dance? For all things NOCO Sports, keep it here on 103.1 at 1310 KFKA. This is Jeff Linder, head men's basketball coach of the University of Wyoming Cowboys, and you're listening to the whole show on 1310 KFKA. Thursdays at Cable's Pub and Grill mean we got smothered burritos for just ten ninety nine and house margaritas for four dollars. Cable's Pub and Grill. I, I got. It. I mean, guys, come on. You've heard me talk about Cable's like crazy. Why are you not going? You probably are. I just want to. I just want to know. I just have to know. So when you get over there, tell me. Let me know because, uh, dude, their food's ridiculous. The atmosphere is great. I like going and sitting by their little spool table in there by the fireplace sometimes. Like, not maybe today, but I love going in there on a cold day, grab a beer, grab some nice uh, lunch, and uh, sit by that fire. It's great. Cables, Pub, and Grill. Check them out online at CablesPubAndGrill.com. First Advantage text line is 888-530-0043. 888-530-0043. You got a big one tonight between the UNC Bears and uh, and Weber State. This is a a massive game. When, you, when you're just looking at the standings there, obviously Eastern Washington, not out of the woods yet, Angel. They haven't secured it yet, have they? Because there's three games for everybody still, right? So they they haven't mathematically clinched the one seed, but they probably will. Yeah, uh, like I said earlier, they have a big match. They got to play both Montana schools in the next couple of yeah. days, so potential for a loss or two right there. Um, but they're probably a game or two away from locking up the one seed, which means the Bears have everything in front of them for that number two spot. It's huge. I mean, they're tied with Montana, like you said. Um, they have the tiebreaker. Because they won. So this is a big opportunity tonight. Now, Weber State, on the other hand, they're great at home. They're 10-2 and at their place. That is a, that's a basketball team that's starting to figure it out. And outside, they lost to Idaho State 80-62. to But outside of that, they were unbeatable for like three weeks, including taking it to the UNC Bears 82-63. to um, They had won, what, six in a row? And then they lost to Idaho State recently. So this is a team that feels like they're starting to get hot at the right time. Just a major hiccup on the road against Idaho State. But this team is very good at home. So that is going to be a challenge for the Bears. Yeah, and Weber State, UNC, they've been kind of a pseudo-rivalry the last couple of years, at least under Steve Smiley. Um, But, you know, the Bears probably motivated to get back to it after the loss to Eastern Washington. 
maybe get a get back because they beat you at home, go into their place and beat them. Um, it would put you in a really good spot to lock up that two seed, to split with Weber State, having the tiebreaker on Montana. Um, but it, it's all right in front of them. Well, and, you know, outside of St. Thomas, DeJore Reeves, probably the top two guys right now. You want to see Jaron really start to get back into the scoring column a bit more, and yeah. Riley Abercrombie as well. Well, and check this out. Dylan Jones leads the league in scoring. He's averaging 20.4 points per game. St. Thomas is at 19.8. There's still a chance that St. Thomas could steal the scoring title, and maybe it, maybe it comes down to who wins the scoring title to who's going to be the Big Sky Player of the Year. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's those two for sure. Um, you know, Saints maybe had a rough couple of last couple of games, especially against Eastern Washington in that second half. But this is a game where people are going to be people that need to watch are going to be watching. Yeah, no, that's a big one, big one. A lot of big games in the area. You know, the next couple of days, like we said, top story of the day: football playoffs, college football playoffs. Are we are we done with that that format? We'll discuss next.